Hi everyone, welcome to the 19th episode of the Journey Podcast. I'm your host, Mashrur, and in today's episode, I'm joined by my friend, Zakir. Zach is a reoccurring guest on the podcast. He was the first guest on the show, and I loved having him back because we always dive into really interesting and introspective conversations. During the show, Zach performed a few songs, so this is the first time we've had live music on the show, so that was very exciting. And in this episode, we talked, touched upon a wide range of topics, most prominently touching upon death and dying. So it might be a little grim for some people, but I really did enjoy talking about these topics. So without any further delay, please enjoy this episode. Zakir, thank you. Thank you for coming back. You were the first guest on the show. Oh, I'm honored. I'm honored to be a guest, you know, no matter the number. And today we're starting up this podcast a little bit. Uh, well, in, in a different way, I guess. You are a musician, and I wanted you to show some of that off on the podcast today and share your music. So we're going to have a it. live performance for the first time yeah. on the Journey podcast. Yeah, we should just do features throughout the whole thing, you know. <laughs> Music's <laughs> always part of, part of life like that. Yeah, so what are you going to be singing for us now? Uh, man, I've been really into Neil Young, like, throughout the whole summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, this one's called A Needle and Damage Done. I learned it because I just really wanted to. Okay, so take it away. The floor is all yours. I got my guitar here, by the way. Anybody's looking at the video. Yeah, maybe I'll do like a, maybe I'll snip this out and then we'll have it up on the Instagram. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, Instagram. Mm -hmm. Wow. That was great, man. Right. Thank you. You're welcome. Is that something you've been working on or then? Yeah, you know, the longer I've been playing, the less time it takes me to learn a song. So mm-hmm. I end up getting it very fast, but then it just it gives me the motivation to finally perfect it. It's really nice. And I tell everyone, you know, who's trying to like comes to me and they're like, I'm going to learn the guitar or I'm going to play an instrument. I say, you know, the one number one thing you can do is just get to that point where you start loving to hear yourself play and you start to uh, appreciate like how fast you, you, you improve. And it's the same with the gym, right? And same with art and anything. 100%. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when you first start a skill, you suck at it for a bit, but then the gains you make are like there's like this this really steep learning curve, right? Yeah, exactly. And like going back to what you just said about uh, enjoying listening to yourself, right? A big part of that also is like I always tell people to invest in like a quality instrument from the beginning, because That's if it sounds too. nicer, you're more likely <laughs> to play it. Ah, oh, man, we're on the same wavelength. 
I bought this Taylor guitar. It's really beautiful. Mm -hmm. I think I played, I played that. Yeah, you played it. You loved yeah. it. Gorgeous, yeah. A little small too. It's not like the large, large size, you know. Mm -hmm. Perfect for bringing around, and good acoustic sound, like mm -hmm. uh, very organic. Yeah. For sure, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's been like. It's been like so much has happened since the last time I sat down with you and we had a conversation, right? Yeah. So it's just like I was very excited for you to come back on the show and just have. Well, I'm happy to be uh, here. Yeah, we just have so much ground to cover, I guess. So, you know, sure. get started on all of it. Yeah, well, last time we spoke, it was right before I left for the big journey over. And, I, you know, our topic, I guess, was about traveling and all that. Mm -hmm. um, and that has a big part to do with life because it's like no, no more are you going to see uh, – more things happen to you or more interactions or more like spiritual experiences of all kinds when you're traveling because you're just mm -hmm. you are like brought down to the level of having to face all these things that people unknowns do. unknowns yeah unknowns and let goes like you you see a place and it disappears the next day you know yeah it's incredible right incredibly yeah. humbling to because sometimes when you go to a beautiful place like the mountains and you see it, but then you realize like you can't hold on to this image in your head. Like it yeah. only exists here. Yeah. You know, and that's a very um, sobering thought to have, right? Mm -hmm. Because uh, oftentimes I feel like we are so entangled in the foreverness of everything that we're like, hey, uh, it's okay. I'm just going to take this picture, post, post, put this up on my Instagram. And then you look at the picture or you don't, right? But every time you look at it, it's not the same mountain that you're looking at because that that has passed just like time, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. People go too. And mm. food and animals and every little experience, you know, that you have with nature. And that's the best thing because you're fully immersed in that. I love going camping or, you know, I did a bike trip recently when I was finishing my journey in BC, which I went to go work for four months. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did a bike trip across the Gulf Islands there with my bike. And wow. uh, I never bike packed before, but I knew a lot of people doing it. And I just had, you know, I was able to borrow some equipment and have my own bike that was, you know, reliable. And I really had to fix it up. Mm -hmm. I went out and yeah you just you're fully like living after day three you know you get into that rhythm of just do what you do and <laughs> it doesn't even seem like it passes fast it seems like weeks right and right you really live yeah and i think when you I, truly sorry go on oh no you you have to stay with your point but i was going to say i listened to your uh talk that you had put on youtube uh, that you just made recently and i was thinking about how you were talking about the fullest life um, and what that means and i think that's just it, it is so encompassed in traveling and, and being in nature mm -hmm. uh, that it's about that moment and it's not even about the other moments elsewhere it's just about living that full life in that moment mm -hmm. and i think that's it for sure there's something to be said about experiencing all of it right i mean i think mm -hmm. we spend a lot of times distracted from reality because it's sometimes reality can be very painful and to face that with open arms and to embrace that is such a difficult task to do right mm -hmm. so a lot of the times i find that we are not equipped to handle because we've been so far removed from it from birth you know right. from yeah. like yes. you know we're not equipped to handle the realities of life in the sense that it's like oh there's pain here there's like suffering I'll, here i'll tell you something that you adapt as easy as it is to anything else it's just like playing the guitar like mm -hmm. you say buy yourself a nice guitar and and um, get to the point where you like to hear yourself playing well that mm -hmm. it's so natural and it comes so fast that you, you it'll it'll blow your mind Mm -hmm. once you put your time into it so if you put your time into being in nature really quickly you'll adapt because it's your everyday that's it's just part of your life now yes 100 percent. and that's something i've just been meditating on 
a lot recently, some very intense experiences. The idea of the idea of death and dying. It's a very grim topic for, for a lot of people, but I don't think it has to be because I never understood why people were you said said that, you know. Mm-hmm. I think it has to do with my background and my experiences. Yes. And that well, it makes sense that there is always this fear of not existing anymore, right? And then you kind of shape your experiences around making this life as pleasurable as possible so that you distract yourself from the fact that you and everyone that you love is going to die, you know? And it's a very difficult, sobering thought to have because we don't think about that often, I don't think, you know? You go on your day as if you can, you're going to live forever. Yeah, we actively try to distract ourselves more from the um, notion of like, yeah, no, I'm not doing this for desire or I'm not mm. doing this for pleasure. Or I'm not doing this for indulgence. Mm-hmm. We constantly are like, oh, yeah, it's fine. I'll have a little drink here and I'll have a little smoke there. And mm-hmm. That's what happens. Exactly. Exactly. Like we have with material stuff, these ways of or almost like compulsive behaviors. Right. It's like we as a, as a species, we have like these ways to create more pleasurable experiences for ourselves. It's very hedonic you know and in itself i think we lose a lot of the meaning of life by delaying our acceptance of the end of the journey well yeah i mean it's not easy to live with the constant remembrance is it maybe it gets easier if you well i've been adapt. it's a stoic practice where you, every morning you wake up and you say i am going to die uh, don't, don't forget that, that you are going to die i've been doing that more and more now um not as like oh what's the point of all of this? I'm going to die. But the fact that I am going to die. So like smell the flowers. Let me, let me see what today is about. You know, it's very exciting to be here now. Ram Das says that, right? He says, be here now. And it's a really important lesson for a lot of people that are anxious. Like I was, and I still am, right? About the future, about what's to, what is to come and what, you know, money and life, love, family matters, all these different things that we're always, not well equipped to handle I think right? anxiety is rampant it's so rampant everywhere well a lot of it i think is aided with technologies right like we, yeah, are, we always have to be in the now and <laughs> when when you're like uh scrolling instagram or when you're scrolling social media in general it seems to be a lot of negativity from a, a lot of different people and when you're constantly in that echo chamber of just getting bad news all the time it doesn't do well for your, at least didn't do well for my, you know, my psyche. Yeah, I know. I even have to remove myself from situations that I don't want to be in Mm -hmm. when it comes to anxiety. But, you know, maybe to other people, it would seem like it's normal. But then I can scope it out. And I said, I don't want to, you know, you don't want to do it. Rarely, it happens rarely. But I think it's more with interaction with people and all that rather than conversation i could talk about anything mm-hmm. interactions That's with being people here is now, like, I guess. <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like right now mm. and i don't know to me it seems like if it is the case that this is the only life we get to live if it is the case that this this existence that you have it's a miraculous lottery ticket that you happen to win right the fact that your parents had to meet to make you and you became the person that you are where you are now right yeah. it's absolutely bonkers if you th- actually take a second to think about it like the fact that you exist and then you get to exist during this time during this space in this space right yeah so it seems to me if that is the case then we are spending a lot of time swimming in circles and <laughs> why does everything have to be so complicated and uh, working as a research assistant now for a prof and i'm doing great work and i love it and i'm reading through tons and tons of these articles mm-hmm. and it's i come across somewhere i'm just like who's I mean, talking about agricultural policy in, in india and whatever not mm-hmm. like why does it have to be so complicated we could have just or in, especially in south america because their economy opened up to the world from the 80s to 90s and so on and it just made drastic changes to the landscape and i was just thinking you know they 
it's all you know it's just complicated mess that we've gotten ourselves in and it's not even like just economy or just this just that it's everything we do from baseball games to you know movies and all that but it's mm-hmm. not like i want to live a life solely full of one side or solely full of the other unless you really desire that because you know with free will we're allowed to we're allowed to be to choose whether we want to fully immerse ourselves in the material life or fully immerse ourselves in the spiritual life but i personally just want to be in the balance because you know, it's not the way of the world it is that's like the taoist way right to like walk that fine line between what you just said the spiritual world and the material world and how it manifests in our own existence well if we were to do either one of the spec either side of the spectrums right now the life we live i don't think it would have a really good time i i do think though like in the pursuit of spirituality there's a very different notion compared to the pursuit of materialism like not yeah. in the sense that i'm not saying i'm gonna denounce um it would be hypocritical for me to say these things about materialism while i speak to you with this microphone that i bought off amazon through the internet right it would seem redundant on my end to like just completely bash materialism um well it would be more hypocritical than anything but what i'm what i meant to say is like i think that the pursuit of spirituality in at least in my experience has been a more meaningful experience a more a more purposeful experience in the sense that it is something that has no end so the only end that exists is now like it's it's not now but like it's it's when you end basically when you when this journey comes to a close right right yeah where in the yes. in the case of material expedient pursuits that's only here yeah and right? also you it will it might seem like something that that can invoke negative emotions throughout the entire process because you're never happy with what you have at the in the moment right Mm-hmm. what if you get little nirvana experiences from meditation and you get these fulfillments there right so uh, you is that not the goal desire that. you definitely need that when oh, in together at least in my opinion you know right yeah so to me it seems like if that is the case then for for myself i've been facing a lot of like compulsive behaviors in the sense of like having very negative thoughts because it's almost we know human nature is in in a certain way sometimes can be very masochistic where you like your self-loathing and you're into this idea of like self-harm or like you know finding an escape escapism through any any mean right because the reality is such a crazy thing to look and look into right how can you look at look into the face of reality and life and all of this Mm -hmm. right and not be scared it's a scary place to be right just being alive is scary Cats do it. Dogs do it. And yeah. all the other animals do it. Well, they they have to be ever present, right? They right. can't be romantic. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, they're gonna die. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And they, I think they're aware of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Surely. Yeah. They know. They know. Their. Uh, I guess it's instinct. What we call. Mm-hmm. Where I don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah. So because of that, I've just been. I've had like this shift in my mindset in the past couple of weeks through meditation and being very mindful in a very intense way. And I've realized like a lot of the narrative that I had in my head was becoming reality where I, I will, I've woven up this lie in my head about who I was and it was like a very negative thing. And I see I, the more I spoke of it, the more I made it into a reality. Of course. That's like with anything right and i realized you know growing up whenever i looked at you know before i understood mental illness uh, i was i was like you know whenever i looked at people that cut themselves right for example like physically hurt themselves yeah. i was like how can you do that right, right. it doesn't seem right but right now I re- i've realized that when you talk shit to yourself that too is also a form of self harm of course right yeah. It's emotional, psychological self-harm. It's the exact mm-hmm. same thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's an, and we're, it's almost like we're children again. Yes. And we get angry at such little things because when, uh, I, I guess when you're a mind who knows that the, the worth of yourself and knows that it's okay to make mistakes and it's okay to, to mess up and to know that you're just a constant learning relationship with yourself, then you look at that stuff and you're like, oh, that's silly. Like, I shouldn't get mad at myself. Like, mm-hmm. my girlfriend teaches me a lot about that. I, I like, have 
I am not perfect in any of those things. And uh, it's really ridiculous for her to see me do it because it's like, whoa, you know, from her perspective, it's like you wouldn't even think about life that way. Mm-hmm. So then, of course, you get into uh, telling yourself things that, that come true and manifest. Um, but if you just let go, which is what you were talking about, right? When you, you have these awakening experiences, you're letting go. Mm-hmm. You're, you're um, experiencing those, I guess, awakenings and eco deaths and all whatever. Then you mm-hmm. can release yourself from that uh, burden. But that's such a difficult thing to do. It's such a difficult thing to well, do. Well, not if it takes practice. Isn't the guitar difficult? Right. Isn't that really hard to play? Right, to right, right. But this is like a... Something now I do that, it like with my eyes closed. Right, right. Yeah. Exactly, that's true. But you're right. It is It is like just like going to the gym. It's like practice for your mind to be mindful mm-hmm. of the fact that you get angry. And I've been very grateful that meditation... And I'm going to plug this app. I plug this app every almost every episode. Waking up with Sam Harris, you know. Oh yeah, I've heard a lot about it. I never tried. Go get it if you have. If you don't have it, it has yeah. really helped me immensely. Um, there's a couple sessions where I had to cry because I feel like I didn't do enough of that. Like I didn't experience enough of sadness manifesting yeah. in tears. Exactly. You know? Yes, it's the best thing. Um, it's amazing. It's cathartic. It's absolutely necessary. And this this idea that we're not supposed to feel sadness is such a warped consumption my like, grip on it idea. like yeah. it's we grip on it like and, and hold ourselves back like it's a roller coaster but just like a roller coaster don't you think like being born is like just being born into this earth is like being strapped to a roller coaster because yeah. once once the seat belts are on you kind of have to let go like you can't you don't, you don't have control over it. there's going to be ups exactly. and downs, right isn't that it? yeah isn't that it well, like there's parts we grip of ourselves life. for what the future holds right that's anxiety Mm-hmm. But then once you let go, you realize that you're on track that will be safe no matter what. And this is exactly how things are supposed to be. Like there isn't yeah, any exactly. other realities. That There's exist. no other reality. Yeah. 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 Like We may think of some in our minds or know of some like computer games. But it's not the reality. The reality is the one you're in. So there's a book um, that I, I highly recommend you to read. And it's one of my favorites. It's a Sufi, uh, Sufi book by Shams Friedlander. And he wrote, it's called, When You Hear Hoofbeats, Think of a Zebra. And oh, it's a small blue yes, book. Yes, I've, I've heard about that. Yeah. yeah. And it just goes through stories. And it's all about this. And Sufism is about this too. Uh, and it just gives you the context of the Abrahamic religions and talks about that and, mm-hmm. and stories. And... Uh, of ancient times and not so ancient it wasn't that long ago and yeah i think gives you that um perspective from the experiential side of things you know it's not preaching and those are the best books where you just have to actually exercise your mind to realize i think when you're truly president you let that ego die you let yourself be wrong and you let yourself make mistakes and you know i I, you realize that it's like we shield ourselves for so many years you know it becomes like this almost second nature um, activity where you are constantly like judging yourself even though ironically judgment itself is also a thought within consciousness right so it's like you just do that over and over again you don't let things open but once you have that ego death if you will and once you realize like i'm gonna let go of who i think i am right and then it's like a really intense experience and you know you might cry you might have like experiences of like uh you know feeling like you're lost or abandoned yeah but after that passes i think all you can do is love from there onwards because that seems to be i mean it's gonna sound very cliche when i say it no it's true uh, but love seems to be the answer yeah you know yeah well like, because it's either love or it's hate and hate right. doesn't put you back into a, a cycle that's healthy but even even in its like like you said exactly hate will definitely in- increase it's going to go on to like the snowball effect and you'll have more hate down the line. Right. And that doesn't seem to do us much good in the long run. Yeah. You know, Yeah, it's truly love. That is a powerful, it's more letting go yep. than it is like evil or. Right. It's like, it's like that self-acceptance that, you know, something that is innately, I believe it's like we're, we, we innately have these feelings inside of us that we must love each other and exist with other things on this planet. Right. Yeah. But a lot of us 
and by us, I mean humans, a lot of us get stuck up on symbols, mm-hmm. right? Like, like you have religions and you have, you know, what are they saying? You have like these different groups of people, you have nationalities, you have ethnicities and all these other things, right? Like, and then these are like, a lot of these are just symbols of what you believe in. And that kind of is like warped up into your identity is kind of like your ego because you want to express that out into the world as if that is who you are, right? Yeah, it All feels really good. Yeah, exactly. Well, it feels really good. Like There's nothing you can say, like it. <laughs> absolutely. It's, it's a, it is a high in itself to be able it to proclaim this is who you are as a person. But at the end of the day, I don't think you can take your guitars to the grave. Yeah, well, all you're left with is literally yourself, not even your body, but yourself, whoever that is. And who and, is that exactly? Yeah. Yeah, well, who is that? Well, that's a good question. I think it, it all matters about your relationship with yourself. Mm-hmm. Because doesn't that matter? Like, like who is uh, your mother? Who is she? She's some, like, she's some connection. She's a relationship and memories mm-hmm. and so if you think of yourself that way then don't you just want to be the most loving absolutely so then isn't that god in in essence yes right that's within that's within you this thing that that people you know and that's why i mean we get stuck up on symbols right because like mm-hmm. someone has this god like you know symbols yeah right hanuman yeah, so right true. jesus christ yeah. you can look at all these different symbols and you know, uh, the Prophet Muhammad, you could like talk about these different symbols that exist within these cultures and religions in itself. But mm-hmm. what are the, why are you stuck on the symbol and not the message? Yeah, exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. And, that is the big, big, big downfall of religion. But right. It's because for humans, we, we pass things on very um, verbally, like for so much of history. And for that to be passed on, it takes tradition. And tradition takes a whole mending of cultural, societal, like psychology pedagogy that like you know just in, it gets ingrained in us and of course the symbols are something because they're reminders isn't like beads that you carry prayer beads those are a symbol and it does it does a good job um but i think we're coming to a, an evolution in our minds you know and a lot of people have to graduate from religion because it's past the symbols now it's part of our everyday realization, everyday life, because, I don't know, maybe we live a little more free than we did in the past. If you stay shackled up in your brain all the time, or you're in your head, or, or where you think you are, right? And you create scenarios in your head, and you're constantly playing those, or you want to hold on to the past, right? So for me... I've been thinking about this concept a lot recently and let me know what you think about this. Yeah. If you look at time, you know, it's, it's a very tricky thing to understand because we constantly relate time to like where we have to go or where we've been. Right. But we never equate it to like now, right? Like this is where you are in time. Right. So I've been thinking about this image of the river and I know it's, it's like a universal image of different religions. Like if you read Siddhartha by Herman Hess, he talks yes. about how Siddhartha learned from the river, just sat by the river and he learned a lot from it. And at the time when I was 19, 20, yes. I, I read the book for the first time when I was 17, then I read it again at 19 and then again Not at beautiful. 20, wow. but I didn't understand it. I just read it because it was a good story to follow. Right. See. Okay. But recently through my experiences, I've realized that, you know, if there's a current that's flowing, yeah. that it's in itself is father time. That's Cronus, right? Like the, 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 yeah. It only flows in one direction, right? And it's moving with speed, right? And now if you're in this river and you want to fight that current, you can. But that's going to take so much energy to hold on to that, that place and that point in time in the river where you want to stay. Yeah. Right. Because you're like, oh, I really like it here. I look, I look to my left and I look to my right, and it's all the things that I enjoy. Yeah, we do that right? all the time. We're so scared of change. Absolutely. We're so scared of moving. And that's what I, I was doing for the past six months, I think, where I was actively holding onto my undergrad university identity, where I was like, oh shit. Yeah, I was like, remember when things were so great? Remember when before COVID yeah. we did this and we did that, and even not yeah. realizing seven months have passed since I yeah. was there, right? And yeah. it was killing me. 
from the inside to feel that that way because I knew it wasn't right for me to hold on to nostalgia in that in that sense, not be appreciative of it, right? Right. No, I just had a conversation with someone yesterday who said that they went through the same realization where there was no more dwelling on expectation, but rather they look towards the future in a brighter way. Mm-hmm. But they had to go through that whole thing about like I don't trust myself and I made the wrong decision and should have went like this. Should have done this, should have done that, yeah. And the yeah. thing is it's like when you're in the river, uh, coming back to it, it's like it's entropy, right? Because every single day you become more of your outside environment, which is the the universe, right? Ooh, it's a closed cool. system. Yeah. And cool. it that too only goes in one direction. And we know yeah. that this from physics that if you want to counter that, it takes a lot of energy. That's what your fridge does. So that your your food doesn't go bad, right? And it's on all the time and it's so loud. Yep, it's loud and taking it's the, it takes <laughs> up so much so energy, loud. right? So it's yeah. same same analogy as the river because I realized if I stand in this position here, I'm gonna break my legs. Right? Yeah. Because the, the 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 current is so strong and it's coming in that same direction that I know I have to go, right? I have to let go of this bank right here. And once I realized that, I was like, okay, like you don't know what's gonna come in front of you, what you're gonna see next, right? And this entire life from birth until death is just that floating on this river on a raft and realizing it's going to take, and you're going to meet people along the way on each side, right? You're going to meet friends and you're going to meet like family members and you know, people that you love. What what happens is is that you go from the journey of B to D. Mm -hmm. What's after B? C. C, B is the boat and C is character. Characters, all that you do in between B to D. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then that's that's what shows. That's what ends up carrying on is the character that you were and who you admitted, ad, you know, admitted that those energies to, and who you you encountered on the way and how they mm-hmm. introduced, let's say, matter to you, and then all of a sudden it's deep death. That's insane. Yeah, I exactly. The, the end of the river is just death. But then shouldn't you be grateful that you got to float on the river and then you got to like look around and see all these incredible things that just happened by luck? Yeah, well, you for know? the most part for us, it's a lot of floating. Others have to swim. Right, right, right. That is also something to be grateful about, though, the fact that sure. you get to do that. Yeah, right? yeah, and it's true. No, at the very base level, at least we got here. There was some pleasures. <laughs> mm-hmm. For me, this was a very important lesson to learn and to come across because defying death is not my job or it's not anyone else's job. It's not like all we can do is just be grateful that we're here and do what we can given the circumstances that we have. A lot of your life is outside of your control and to accept that, like I think in our culture today, we have to be like, you see all these motivational videos. It's like, yeah, yeah, I take control of my life. You know, yeah, I do this. And, you know, I, I do that. And like, you know, I'm not a victim. And parts of it, is, it is true. Like you have a certain game that you can play and you want to play to the best of your ability. Yeah. But see, if you're playing a game of chess, you don't know if there's like a tornado coming and just flipping the entire board over. Yeah, it could. You know, you, it could. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. So we have to accept that, that fact as well, that that is also a truth that there's lots of things that are completely outside of your control. No one planned for COVID. Exactly. It's and a beautiful, humbling experience. So these, these the images... The most important lesson, I think. The accepting the uncertainty? Yeah, just what you went through. Mm-hmm. What I went through, my friend went through. Definitely. And we're lucky to get it so early. And I, I thought it was very timely. This stuff. And for for them, I feel I feel sad for them because I think everyone should. I think we'd have a overall better experience on this planet for both you know humans and life. You know, I'm pretty optimistic. Yeah, I think that people are doing this more and more, and there'll only be more of it. And there will still be a lot of people who don't. And for them, they die. So that's Mm -hmm. the best thing that could happen. I guess. I mean, it is, the journey is over, but I I have never felt this much gratitude towards life. Like while facing my own death, Mm -hmm. I've realized that, and that, that was like, maybe it manifested in in like an ego death, right? 
where I let let it go. And then I realized like everything around me is is pure. It's beautiful, you know, where I am. It's, yeah, well, you came back. So you, that whole thing about the dying and coming back. But the dying part means that you, you don't even think about, well, I mean, for the last few moments, I'm sure you can always be grateful. But I think when you're dead, you're dead. And then when you come back, when you came back, then you start to realize and, and be open. And, and hasn't that idea been around forever? This idea of resurrection, this idea of yeah. death and dying and then coming back, right? Well, as long as humans could think about it. <laughs> right, uh, like exactly. And and so I guess my whole whole lesson from this experience of meditation and spirituality is that it's okay to be here now always because it's always going to be now. Even when you think about the future, it's now. And if you There's hold on to the one. past, yeah. right? What happens then? You just you just get lost all the time, right? You're just like stuck in this one spot. Yeah, let me read you hurting. A yeah, exactly. You're just hurting. You're going up against the the float of things and the current that carries you across this journey, right? Yeah. Hear this. How can you get very far if you don't know who you are? How can you do what ought if you don't know what you've got? And if you don't know what to do of all the things in front of you, then what you'll have when you're through is just a mess without a clue. Of all the best that can come true, if you know what, which, and who. Wow. Who's that by? That's from uh, Winnie the Pooh. Uh, I think it's from Winnie the Pooh, but it's from the book Tao Pooh, which talks about the Winnie the Pooh. I mean, it's just one of those books, again, that are not preachy, and they just give you stories. Because Winnie the Pooh is super Taoist. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if not the most. And that comes to the point of, well, how do you mask the Taoist mentality and put it into a, your daily life? Well, it's, they say it's mostly about getting to the point of adultery, with, uh, adulthood, sorry, and that where you are now um, an, responsible and, and you're going to control your own thoughts and mind and you have that um, your frontal cortex that works very hard on ethics and values mm -hmm. but then reverting back to the childhood mind when you're an elder which is limit you know you, you're free of limitation and you are playful, curious curious and you are truly in the moment right of everything that is very interesting i think to practice that every single day is um we don't i mean i don't do that often you know i think i i need to incorporate more of these things into my daily life because well i mean you just gotta talk to your brother <laughs> <laughs> so i watched that podcast of yours oh my baby brother yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's wonderful yeah he's wonderful to talk to like uh what are your dreams he's like well, I dreamed last night that, uh, you know, uh, someone came and chased my parents and then they fell and I woke up crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's so, it's so much, it's so naive and like so pure. I'll tell you something. I don't know if I, you heard this one before, if I played it for you, but. Yeah, make sure, by the way, that your uh, like mouth is close to the mic. For sure, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. it'll be okay. All right. Take me where my heart wants to go. 
Wow, thank you. No worries. Was that Cat Stevens? Cat Stevens singing. Yeah, it wasn't me. What's the name of the song so people that are listening can look it up? It's called The Wind. The Wind, okay. Awesome, man. Yeah. I'm, gl- I'm glad you did this. We've never had this before on the show, so. What? I have live music on the show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It would, it's like um, sometimes things can get too serious, I guess. True. Yeah, it's, it puts it's important. Back it's important to like laugh at yourself. From time to time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most healthy thing to do. Yeah, it truly is. I felt that too recently a lot. Like the narrative and everything that's going on in your head. That if you're not able to laugh at the hilarity of everything that is going on right now, like the fact that you exist, you know, the fact that you are you are where you are. If you can't laugh at it, then I don't know. Things can get really grim over time it's just important to have that introspect and it's the same goes for crying of course yep crying too that's another thing that that's been kind of like for a lot of men i think it's difficult for them to admit or even to cry yeah me too yeah Yeah. like i think recently i had a lot of like through my meditation and stuff like that i've had a, a couple of nights of just intense crying and it's like weird for me to share this but i think it's important that people know about this so that they know that there's vulnerability that really exceeds everything else that you want to show to the world and in my vulnerability i was able to face myself and like my flaws and my strengths right Mm -hmm. and just being completely absolutely honest to every particle in my body is it just feels absolutely cathartic and almost like being born again it reminds me of the episode of uh, the final episode of uh, Duncan Trussell, Midnight Gospel. Have you seen? I just watched it two days ago. You just watched the last yeah, episode. Yeah, the one with his uh with his mom, right? The podcast. Mm-hmm. That yeah. was one of the most beautiful, dude. I couldn't stop crying. Like I watched yeah, so much too. of it. Yeah. Yeah. Duncan Trussell. Yeah, Genius. I watched it. Like, <laughs> and it was like you could feel the pain in his voice where he was saying like, "This yeah, is so unfair." Yeah, he's just like you know? a little kid. You know, he's like forty-year-old, eight-year-old. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like, yeah, this is so unfair. You know, you're a special case. Then why do, you know? Yeah. And... <laughs> well, see, we're all special cases. And that, what's, that's what unifies us. Mm-hmm. That's what religion has been trying to teach us. Is that when you realize that we're all God's children, then you show compassion to all God's children. I just watched the movie Edward Scissorhands. Or yeah. Scissorhands. Yeah. Scissorhands, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I watched it. Mm-hmm. That, that mom who was taking care of Edward, so she had so much sympathy and she was so caring towards this ugly creature, mm-hmm. a guy <laughs> who was actually really sweet and he always did good. Yeah, that's what, like, that in the Dunkle Trussell episode. And if anyone hasn't watched the Midnight Gospel, I highly, highly recommend that you watch it. Um, it's one of my favorite shows uh, on Netflix, and so brilliant absolutely and it's just conversations that were animated right and it's really really fun to watch and listen to um and they talk about these concepts i also think that the last thing that duncan trussell's mom says in that episode where she when she says you know the this love this love that i have for you is not going anywhere like it's eternal even if i'm gone like this is what's going to exist forever and it's like wow like that's something i've been telling my friends recently that interstellar interstellar that was the main lesson was that love was transcendent through time dude i just watched interstellar too oh yeah yeah two days, <laughs> yeah. Three days ago. i, I yeah. can read your mind what are you doing <laughs> get out of my head oh it's like all the things that kind of wow i can't believe that you did both those things yeah i watched midnight kind of like that ep- that well. episode of midnight gospel last thursday and then i watched interstellar i think on saturday funny thing about time is that it's relative right but what that means is that where you are in space, um, um, the other time will look relatively different. But obviously, obviously, if you were to somehow just teleport to that other time, then it would just be now. Right. So then when they talk about grandfather time, how there is no grandfather time mm-hmm. in terms of mathematical calculation, because you'll always be calculating from some point. But truly, 
there actually is, is only now everywhere everywhere you go that's just isn't that weird i mean conceptually it's difficult to like grasp no, but really. innately i can feel it it's almost like an omnipresence everywhere mm-hmm. and it's it's i don't know it's kind of like I'm saying what makes sense because you know a physicist will say like well you can't calculate it well you can't put it down on paper right but I think the feeling of it is something that is important and sometimes it doesn't translate on from one like you know ling- language can be tricky mm-hmm. in itself to like yeah it's true you know because yeah. experience is experience yeah. but you know I'm sure everyone has experienced this what you're what you're trying to explain here. language is just one of the experiences so is music poetry. Mm-hmm. oh it took me time to think of the the now thing but you know what i want to recommend you go guest for the podcast one of my favorite person people to talk to oh his name is mike space mike have you met him i have not met him no you guys have hit it off and I'll, I'll, he's free too like he'll he'll call you he's my physicist hotline i call him and if i have any questions about space or like physics or anything Dude, I would love to have him on, man. If you can send me like his hotline, send me his hotline. I'll yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can connect you too, and um, it's because yeah, he's a great person to talk to. He's very good at explaining everything, mm-hmm. and of course, you gotta have a physicist on your podcast. Otherwise, yeah, it's not a podcast. He'll be a <laughs> <laughs> he'll be the first physicist on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, I mean, beautiful. We, we haven't had any physicists on here yet. I'm in the process of getting some more professors on it and we'll see how that turns out. But it's, it's good to have, you know, perspective of, from. And then one day we're going to get the two of us is to be a three way, the spiritualist, the physicist, the interviewer. Yeah, for sure. We could do that as well. We get with the internet. It's, it's limitless possibilities. Yeah, you're right. I thought you were going to say it's limited because my internet shit. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> i mean right yeah right now it's not the best but we could we can salvage this it'll yeah, be okay I'll figure it out yeah. you know it'll be all right yeah well it's better than what it used to be yeah i don't know if it's like on your end or if it's on my end it's on it's on my end for sure i have a couple other people using the internet okay i see yeah no that's fine um but yeah man like i think for sure in the future too like i want to be able to grow this you know and, and the reason this like i want i wanted to like thank you for this for this podcast because like you were the first guest on and before you wanted to be on it like i i didn't even think i was going to do it with other people i thought i was going to talk to myself oh, yeah. right right yeah but you were telling me that it's important to bounce ideas around and it's oh, for sure to get feedback yeah All right it's the best thing but it takes practice to be in a podcast. It's not like a regular conversation. There has to be a lot of listening, active listening, quiet time, everything like that. Exactly. It has to flow in the way that you want it to, right? Or like just the way it exists has to be entertaining to listen to. Because like my favorite podcasts are the ones that are just like very casual and just like a hang, you know? Yeah. And then sometimes I'll switch it up and I'll listen to like some Greek mythology or something like that or like something yeah. more science-based that i'll enjoy or that i want to know more about very cool um it, this form of information dissemination is like my favorite now like audio is it's is awesome. really cool i like audio books yeah oh yeah me too man i've been like that's been like a really especially like i remember when we had those stri- i don't know if you're in waterloo during the time of uh january we had those strikes for grt oh uh, yeah i do and uh, I used to walk to school, which was like a, a 59, Dude, 50 step, like an hour. I, the whole walk. time I walked to school. Yeah. It was wild because you know what we had? We had the, the first few weeks, we, it was okay. The buses were running. But I right. forgot my, my, my student card. And then for the, after that two weeks, they, they, they were on strike. Right. And I had no buses. So yeah, I was on the same game. I had to walk. I listened to amazing music and all that. And then COVID happened, and then the buses were out too. So I kept right. going, yeah, walking, whatever. And then... But like, I was just gonna say, like during those walks, I I accompanied myself with books, and like I listened to like at least I think like eight books during that time because wow. it was like that's five. Impressive. Each one of them, each one of the books were like five hours or, or sorry, five to eight hours. So that's like a wow, two day walk. Beautiful <laughs> two day walk, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So it was like a lot of fun to at least like I was I was getting books done 
like I was gaining information through audio, and and you're getting exercised at the same time. Yeah, yeah, walking walking is a great form of exercise, man. Right. All this is the best. It'll keep you going for years. Exactly. In Stoicism, they talk about how walking is like a way to calm your mind down, and walking is a way to, you know, meditate almost because you are in the zone when you're like exercising your body. So you get you have like oxygen flowing to your muscles and like you know to your or- organs. Say breathing, yeah, breathing is the same thing. It just right. provides you that clearing oxygen that takes away the deep like the toxins. And nature has equipped us with the, with with like the apparatus that we need in order to stay present, you know, like breath. And one of the great books that I recently read was uh, called Breath, by James Nestor, mm. and it talks about how we've been breathing wrong. Yeah, I know. It must have been. Yeah. So like, like I think not enough through the nose. Absolutely. Yeah. So like, mouth mouth breathing is like really bad for a lot of things, like your teeth and like also like so your. Much. Yeah. Um, there's obstructive sleep apnea. There's all these other morbidities that mm-hmm. that can. I don't even think we know the extent of what the nose does. Apparently, it has 30 different functions. Oh yeah, especially for sure. when we sleep. And it can also control like your smiling. sympathetic nervous system and your parasympathetic nervous system. Like th- these are like not things that are new because like there's like thousands of years of literature, but in like Eastern practice, oh, I see, um, breathing. I see. But like you know, yes. if you look at these uh, monks that are in in uh, Bhutan. Yeah. They can control their autonomic nervous system. They can wow. control like their, What's their that? body body temperature oh, okay. by breathing. So autonomic in itself, the name in itself is saying like this is automatic. You can't control it, right? Yeah. But Wim Hof, who's that? Who's called the Iceman? Yeah, I know. He's he's done it as well through his breathing practices, oh, right? Yeah. In the in yeah, the he lab, can do whatever he wants. So yeah, he that guy fly, is an inspiration. <laughs> he truly truly uh, shows us the poten- human potential, but. Like it was just super interesting for me to read about breathing because he he talks about like you know taping up your mouth when you go to bed, so that you don't breathe through your mouth and you breathe through your nose. And what happened was like you know as I got to do that. You could try it. Like take a piece of surgical tape and then just like pop your lips shut. I got surgical tape. Yeah, just a little surgical tape, a little square piece. I'm gonna open it. I'm so reluctant to to breathe through my nose. It's because my septum's deviated, and I I was pretty good at it, honestly. But but have you ever looked at getting that fixed? Because like breathing through your nose is like it it it's like you're humidifying the air. It's not the same thing. Like getting the the notion that we've been living with the fact that we think that air is just air, and if it enters your body, that's fine. That's kind of wrong, right? Because you need to be able to. Uh, humidify the air and like clean it, clean it, clean all the debris and whatever else is all sure. those particles that are coming up through your air, right? There's yeah. lots of like, and a lot of it, I mean, you should, everyone should read the book. A lot of it has to do with carbon dioxide as well, more than oxygen. Oh, wow. Right? You know, maybe like he talks about exhaling slowly, right? Having even inhalations and exhal- exhalations, you know? And like, if you have problems with your septum, like getting that fixed as well, because you don't know what you're missing out on. You know, your sleep, the your quality of your sleep, mm-hmm. quality of your life, all of these things are impacted by, by your nose. surgery I can get, but I don't know. I'll have to look into it. Apparently, there's a waiting list and all. There's a entire chapter on the, that surgery, and he really? said the pros and cons of it. Yeah, like... Oh, sh- shoot. I, I really should read it. Should I'm very interested in, in, in reading. And at the end and of I've the book... A couple, is that a spoiler or what? <laughs> no, no spoiler. Just like, he just equips it with like... Uh, with uh, exercises that you could do with your nose and breathing exercises. Oh, really? Oh, beautiful. Uh, I've read a couple of uh, breathing exercises in the book. Uh, maybe other people have read it called The Pilgrimage by Paulo Coelho. Paulo. Oh, I've read, uh, is that the same guy that wrote uh, The Alchemist? Yeah. Uh, I've read The Alchemist. Okay. He has a, a lot of other good books. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've done also breathing exercises on tape. Um, my friend in Copenhagen when I was staying there he found it in the dumpster and we put it on and we sat back to back together on chairs and we spent two hours going through these tapes and it was in actually a book so there's more than one like and we had to do these like ancient chinese breathing methods that you would breathe in sing a certain sound breathe out with a different sound mm-hmm. so like like and you'd pronounce these like sounds mm-hmm. and i think it takes practice too but it would be good for certain parts of your body and that's very true too like we know that breathing in certain ways and expanding your breath in certain ways can target these certain organs 
especially in the winter when it, it's not when we're not going outside as much we're not breathing as much right and it'll actually affect your mental health and everything breath work has always been like it's, uh, it's analogous to energy right like it's the idea of like air coming in and air going out respiration taking place um with itself we've kind of lost like because there's like passive breathing there's like active breathing there's like all these different ways of, that we that we breathe but we have lost just like a lot of these other old practices that have enabled us to be you know to acquire incredible feats like controlling your body temperature with your breath you know so like things like like he goes through the entire book and i highly recommend it to everyone you know like he talks about like how you know since our brains got bigger we have to compensate with like bone from our jaws our jaws got like smaller so the reason that humans have crooked teeth and no other animals in the animal kingdom how crooked teeth is because of our the space in our mouth or like if you look at our ancestors they had bigger bigger jaws and bigger mouths they look more square yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. so it's because we started uh mouth breathing well parts of it is that parts of it is also like uh, the food changed oh, yeah. right right mm-hmm. so we, we cooked our, our food we yeah. cooked our food and then mm-hmm. also like we got into like blending our food and like you know turning into purees and eating softer Mushy. foods Mushy mm. food, yeah. So nice. we we became mushy Fish. as well. We became mushy, I know. So <laughs> I don't know. It's just very interesting to like, like learn. What's the name of the book? Uh, Breath by James Nestor. Okay, thank you. It's available as audio. I heard it as audio book. Oh, perfect. I'll do the audio. Yeah, let me get through the whole thing. Yeah. It'd be nice to have the copy too, though, as a reference for practice. Well, he he like references his website where you can ha- okay. watch the videos because he does it with the. Uh, with this other dude from Europe who's also a breath like scientist. Like he he goes to like different basically does like the experiments on himself over time. Like he shuts his mouth uh you know with tape. There's also a re- he uh the, the way I got exposed to him is through Rogan. So he came on oh, the Rogan really? podcast. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah if, you, if anyone if you don't want to read the book you can probably check that out as well. It's like a two and a half hour conversation. Oh that's awesome. Yeah about breath work and you can get kind of get like you know and there's like parts of the book the book that is like so interesting like he talks about holotropic breathing and breathing in order to like like people breathing to hallucinate and like getting like these out of body experiences from yeah. breath work right and i don't know it sounds very like well i've been i tried that no i tried it and uh it's i've done it multiple times mm-hmm Actually, it started when I was in Vancouver with like my friend Aaron, who has a big farm, and we would go and farm during the day, and then we would just hang out and like uh, sit there. And he had this tub where he was doing this Wim Hof method, whatever. And that was when I first got introduced to it. Oh yeah, the and Wim Hof method. S- yeah. Before that, we would do his breathing method, which was a lot of deep breathing. I'm sure the book talks more about shallow breathing and silent breathing. That's, That's also part, the parts of it as well, right? Like mm-hmm. breathing less. He talks about like yeah. fasting on your breath yeah exactly well <laughs> that's basically will slow down our death process because what kills us is the internal oxygen that goes in our body um so with the breathing we would do these like heavy intense breathing and then you would have to hold your breath eventually with no air in it mm-hmm. so that life could just do its process but when you did that just as if you were to jump into cold water or any water when you jump off a cliff or something and you're, <laughs> and you're trying to find yourself and figure yourself well, out. Well, you hyperventilate, right? Yeah, you hyperventilate and you're in that focus. But I wouldn't say hit the method that he was saying was to hyperventilate. But when you got in that focus and I would sit and just observe everything in the farm that was happening, the sun gleaming on the mm. plants and the bees going around flowers and the big... Feel flowers. alive. Yeah. He just had everything there. It was like Garden of Eden. And I would be like, so immersed in it and then we'd just sit in the bath as long as we could mm-hmm. uh and then i started doing it in the su- before going to a sauna and that was really nice too but i would take yeah, cold I showers that, i did that practice as well for a bit okay cool yeah, yeah when it i was really like it feels good especially in the winter best thing you can it's do. the best i think like yeah. last fall from september until november i just took cold showers in the morning I might have to. I mean, my I don't know why my water tank here is not so good. It always tends to be like just cold showers, and then it takes like ten minutes to warm up, and by then I'm out of the shower. 
it's a great practice. Your skin feels better. You're like, you, it's like a lot of it is psychological because it's, it's such a scary thing to jump into the cold. It's so scary. It, it burns so your scary. skin. <laughs> it hurts your soul. <laughs> yeah. But it's like the moment you decide to get in, it's like you just have to like go and go like no half measures, full, only full yeah. measures. Yeah, it's invigorating. Uh, There's something nice to say about a warm shower too. I mean, once you have cold showers, you can enjoy warm showers more. I think. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Especially like I think after working out, a warm shower is like really nice. But like if you want to start your day, a cold shower is, is, is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. If you're trying to sleep, warm shower. If you're trying to stay awake, cold shower. You know, like. Well, I think I'll play you one song here, and then I'm gonna head out. Mm-hmm. Get on with the day. You're in Calgary now. I am in Calgary. Yes. Okay. You, you got the day ahead of you. I do. Yeah, I'm a couple couple hours behind. Play this Tom's Van Zandt song. One of my favorites to play. Cause I just I didn't play for so long, and then all of a sudden got back to it. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no stronger wind on the blows down the grass. Thank you. I lied. I'm going to play you another. That's fitting. Mm-hmm. By Len Cohen. So that was Towns Van Zandt called I'll Be Here in the Morning. Also one of my favorites to play. Like a bird on the wire. Like a drunken song.
Thank you, man. That was uh, very beautiful. Thanks. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, let's speak to you anytime. Yeah, catch you soon, man. Yeah, I'll connect you to Mike. Okay. Let's see how it goes from there. All right, man. Take care. Have a great day. Thank you. Bye. Bye.